Amen. It's good to be here this morning. God bless everybody. I do want to thank you guys for your kindness and your hospitality that you have shown me and the encouraging words. I appreciate that. I'm excited for the days ahead. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, uh, a few weeks ago, I realized I was probably in the right church. I've always considered myself, a, you know, a simple guy. And God speaks to me in simple terms, you know. And, and that's not all bad because, you know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with the Hebrew and Greek. But if you, if you notice, Jesus, he always tried to take complicated things and make them as simple as possible. You know, and, and I think that's just that's the way we should do it. We want to make it simple, you know, for even the little ones, the scripture talks about, you know. So sometimes if we make the scriptures too difficult, uh, we're, just, we're just making it confusing. There's no need for that. But, so I've always considered myself a simple guy, maybe even borderline redneck. And then I... <laughs> that wasn't a joke there. <laughs> We're going to have to get one of them laugh. We're going to have to put some directions up here. <laughs> Don't laugh. Serious moments. However they do on TV shows, you know, where the crowd, they orchestrate the crowd, laugh, smile, you know, get mad, whatever it is. But anyway, okay, here, here's what I'm going to say. A few weeks ago, I realized I was in the right church. When I, when I seen a shirt that said, Raccoon Grade School. <laughs> I knew, <laughs> I knew I was in the right church. You know, maybe if we had a, what, a possum high school or, you know, a Groundhog University or something. I mean, how, how great would that be? I'll tell you, there would be rednecks flock to those schools, I, I, I assure you. I assure you. All right, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get down to business. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do worship you and we praise you this morning. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And Father, right now we just call upon your grace for understanding the word. Father, and I call upon your grace for your anointing. Father, I just praise you and worship you. And I pray for every heart to be open to you this morning, every ear to be open. And I just pray, Father, that they can receive what you have for them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Title of the sermon, Did Jesus Sin? Now, I want to be up front with you real quick. The Bible is clear. And you know, and after I gave this title, uh, I got to think about later on, man, I don't want to give the impression that there's possibility that Jesus sinned because the Bible is so clear, Jesus did not sin. Amen. Amen. So don't let that title throw you off. You'll see where I'm going here, here shortly. But what did happen to Jesus, he was tempted. You know, and Brian last week, he mentioned Matthew 4 where the, uh, the devil come to Jesus. He, he tempted him. And then we see the same thing in Luke 4. And three different times, the devil came to Jesus and he tempted him. And each time, Jesus, we've talked about this before. I know you've heard it. This is just basic foundation stuff. You know, Jesus used the word, the word of God. You know, that's our sword. 
He used the word of God to defeat him. And then what did the devil do? He fleed. He left. So I want to look this morning. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 10.5. We'll be there for a moment. And then I'll repeat this verse a time or two as we go on. How, how did Jesus do this? What made him victorious? And what can we, what are we supposed to do when those thoughts come, when those temptations come? What does the scriptures tell us to do? And this is a, this, I think God gave us this example of the temptation of Christ. An example for us to look at and to model our own lives and our own thought process after. I'll repeat that. I believe God shows us this so that we know when those crazy thoughts come at us, we know what to do with them. You know, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's see, I'm going to read the New American Standard. Then I'm going to give you a different one this morning. Uh, My wife has one of these Bibles. She got one of them several years ago. The New Century Version. I don't know if anybody's heard that or have that with them this morning, but it is an outstanding translation. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Now, now remember, this is written to a church like Orchardville Church or any other church. And notice what it says, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. Stand up, young man. You are now, you might have to help me because he's, he's stronger than I am. Okay, now he is captive. Hold his hand real tight. I want to see his face get red. Okay, right there. Captive. Everybody say captive. That means when we have a thought, you don't, you don't just allow that thing to run around and woo and, and run around in your mind all day or half a day or, or whatever the case may be. No, the scriptures, and this is what Jesus done. No, he took that thought right here. He got a hold of that thought. He said, hold on, wait just a minute. You're not going nowhere. You're not going nowhere until I compare you with what the Word of God says. And if you don't line up with the Word of God there, thought, (laughs) I'm not going to let you stay in my mind. So what Christ done, he took that thought captive. Okay, thank you guys. He took that thought captive and he didn't let it stay for and roam around because obviously he knew the will of God. He prayed on a regular basis and even though he was the son of God, he read the scriptures on a regular basis even though he was the son of God. But it says that he took that thought captive to the obedience that tells us here that talking to the church to take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that's what we should do. In the New Century Version, it says we capture every thought and we make it give up and obey Christ. Man, how good is that? We capture that thought and we make it give up. It either has to give up to the Word of God or the will of God, or it has to go. It has to go. 
It can't stay around. It can't roam around in there. Now, I wanted to illustrate, I wanted to use this illustration to see how our own thoughts and our own temptations, how we handle them in our own lives. Is there anybody here that's never been tempted? If there is, I want to shake your hand. Each and every one of us have been tempted at one way or another. You know, and I'm going to use some illustrations this morning. But the illustrations that I use, they are not an exhaustive list. You know, whether it's drinking or, or drugging or homosexuality or impure sexual thoughts, perverted thoughts. You know, it could be strife. It could be envy. It could be gossip. It could be all kinds of things. Because we know the devil has a whole bag full of tricks. He's got all kinds of things. Now, young people and old people alike, if, if you'll listen to me, just give me a little bit of your time this morning, I will help you. The Word of God will help you. And not only that, you can share some of these things with your friends because I'll tell you what, the mind is a powerful thing and the devil, he loves, to, he loves a mind he can just kind of feel at home in. He can kind of roam around and he can tell, them, tell us things and we'll think on it for a week or two and he'll tell us another lie and we'll think on it for a while. He loves to do that. Yeah. Well, so let, let me, so let me, let me come at it like this here. If, if you have a thought that comes at you, no matter what age, that you want to start drinking alcohol. Or you have a thought, you want to you do some crank or, or, or some of this K2 or, or this bath salt, whatever. The, and you have this thought come at you and you never yield to it. You say no and you resist the devil. Is there any way that you can become an addict? Man, three people. No, no, I'll tell you. You didn't know the answer, so I'll tell you the answer. No, there, there, there's not. Just because we have a thought does not mean that is who we are. Just because the devil comes to us, and let me assure you, if he came to Jesus and tried to get Jesus off track, he's going to do the same to you. But see, all those are like those thoughts of, of drinking or, or drugging. All they are are temptations. Mm -hmm. And that's all they are. Right. And we should do what Jesus done. What he, and what the Scriptures tells us to do is take every thought captive. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we cast it down. Amen. Right? Yeah. So you cannot become an alcoholic or drug addict if you don't partake in alcoholic or drugs, you're just being, you're being tempted, you're not yielding to it. But you know, it's not just alcohol and drugs. They're, the devil has all kinds of things that he wants, that he would tempt us with. And I, I'm really not planning on preaching on sin this morning. This is just kind of a, I'm wanting to, I'm getting to a point. And just some of the scriptures, that, some of the things it talks about is, is factions and envy and drunkenness and carousing, outbursts of anger, jealousy, strife. There's all kinds of, all kinds of tactics that the devil will bring at you. You know, the devil would love for you to be envious. He would just love that. 
would be, he'd be love, he'd love for you to be prideful. Oh, he likes that. But let me tell you, none of us, not even Pastor Mark and or whoever is in this pulpit, no one is above temptation. See, sometimes we think, we think that these crazy out-of-the-blue thoughts are our own. Many times they're not. And that's also why, just a side note, that's why the Scriptures, Romans 12, 2, tells us to renew our mind. And the more we renew our mind with the Word of God, the less crazy thoughts we have. And when we do have them, we'll know. Well, is that true? Is that a truth from the Holy Ghost? Or is that a lie and temptation from the devil? We'll know that. So there's all kinds, the devil has all kinds of tricks and things that he can bring at us and try to get us, get us off track. But here, there's good news. You know, if you, have fallen, if you have fallen for every trick that the devil has brought to you, there's good news. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. The scripture says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. What the scripture does tell us to do, if you have fallen for all of these tricks, what the scripture tells us to do is repent. And what you've heard many, many times, Pastor Mark say, repent means to go the other way. So the next time those thoughts come at you, take those captive and say, no, devil, and then bring the scriptures out that, that you read throughout the week. Amen. Amen. True. You know, really, and there's some of these, some of these temptations and some of these sins are not near as obvious. You know, when it comes to drinking and drugging and some homosexual sins and some sexual sins, a lot of it is manifested. You know, when, a, when, when uh, you know, when, when a person goes from 170 pounds to 130 pounds, that's an outward sign. But for some of these, there is no outward sign. But just because, and please hear this, just because there's no outward sign, don't think it don't make you walk beneath what God has for you. You might look good on the outside, and you might talk good, but God wants us up here. Amen. 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 The answer, there's an answer, and that's Jesus asking him to forgive us, turn and go the other way. We don't want to walk beneath God's blessings. I I want to take this one step farther. So now, Yuns, agree with me that If you don't drink and you don't drug, you cannot become an alcoholic. Is that right? Now, a lot of people will say that we're we're born that way. And I'll address that a little bit here, here in a minute. And there's no doubt the scripture, there are scriptures, actually there's no less than four that says that the the sins of a father will pass on to the third and the fourth generation. And believe it or not, that's found in the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Believe it or not. The first one that God wrote, the first set of Ten Commandments, and then Moses broke them, and then the ones that Moses had to carve out for himself, they are in both sets, those words. 
But then if you go down just another verse or two, the scripture says that Moses prayed to God and asked him to forgive the father's sins. And God says, I will. Mm. So if you are here today and you're mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa they, they, and, and you feel like you're falling in the same path as them and it's not the path you want you don't have to stay in that path you don't have to stay there you can walk above that with the Lord's help he will forgive you he will raise you up and your children and your grandchildren will have better in the Greenwald, in the Greenwald family it, it's no secret. Uh, uh, my grandpa and four of the, of the six of his brothers were alcoholics. I can't tell you how much alcoholism has robbed from the Greenwald family. And if there's any Greenwalds here today, that they will shake their head. But I will tell you today, there is hope because there's many Greenwalds here today. That's right. <laughs> That's right. See, you don't have to stay that way. Amen. Amen. You know, the blessings of God uh, passes from generation to generation, and the sin can pass from generation to generation, but it don't have to. Right. Amen. That's our hope. That's the good news. Yes. All right. So you in degree. That you, you can't become an alcoholic or a drug addict without partaking in drinking or drugging. Is that right? That is correct. And you know that song, uh, we were born that way. You know, in a way that song is true. Born that way. Because we were all born into sin. Each and every one of us. You know, you think, well, I wasn't near as bad as this guy sitting beside me. Yes. Yes, you were. And I know you've got to have a pretty wife sitting beside you, but she was started out the same place you did in sin. That's why we all have to have a Savior. Amen. Amen. So in a way, in a way, we, we were born that way. We were born into sin. Okay, now, now, what about homosexuality or perverted thoughts? And it's the same way with drinking and drugging, like I've already mentioned. Just because you have a perverted thought, that does not mean you're a pervert. Amen. Just because you have a homosexual thought, that does not mean that you're a homosexual. Amen. The scriptures tell us, Take that thought captive. Line it up with the Word of God. And if it don't line out, you're out of here, buddy. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. 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 No different than envy. No different than strife or pride. We can't allow that stuff to roam around. You know, there's no wonder. Uh, one of the reasons I mentioned homosexuality is because I don't think you can turn on a TV show nowadays without a homosexual on there. Well, let me tell you what that is. 
That is temptation to America. That's all that is. It don't mean that we're, we're a nation full of gays and lesbians. But you know, and we're, we're, we, all, we know that the scripture tells us to love them. It tells us to love the alcoholic and the drug addict and, and all the other things I mentioned earlier. It tells us to love them. But they still go against God's word. And we still cannot endorse that and we still cannot buy into that because it doesn't line up with God's word. You know, there was a Gallup poll done a couple weeks ago. It said 60% of Americans support same-sex marriage, which really surprised me. And then they ask Americans, they ask them, what percentage of America do you think is gay or lesbian? And everybody's guess, the average, everybody thought, well, probably 23%. That's what Americans thought. The truth of the matter is, and I'll quote, the reality is 3.8% of the population identifies as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. 3.8% it actually tie themselves to that. Do you think the devil's lying to us about something? <laughs> Do you think there's misconceptions going on here? Do you think he's got a plan to mess up the family? Well, there's no difference than drugs and alcohol. You know, you cannot every, and I'm going to say every, you might have to correct me on this, I think every major sporting event is promoted by alcohol companies. Yeah. Everyone. You think the devil's trying to, yeah. you think he's trying to get under our skin somehow? You think he's trying to mess with us somehow? Yeah. Oh. So my points are clear this morning. Just because you have a thought that does not line up with the Bible, does not mean that's who you are. Right. See, here's really what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to, it, okay, whenever you get saved, okay, it's too late for him. He can't do anything about that. You're going to heaven. He can't do anything about that. Amen. So the next thing he wants you to do, he says, boy, I hope they don't find out all their rights and privileges. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope they still think they're a sinner. I hope they still think they're a drug addict. Oh, I hope, they, I hope they don't find out that they've been delivered from pornography and all that stuff. Oh, I hope they, I hope they don't realize what Christ done for, for them on the cross. You see, whenever Christ died on the cross, not only did he buy and purchase our way into heaven, but he bought our freedom here on earth. Amen. 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 But the truth is, that doesn't mean the battle's over. Because of those attacks, those temptations coming at our mind and, and trying, wanting to hang out there. But what do we tell them when they come? Should, do I need to do it to him again? Huh? You mean that? I wish I'd brought some handcuffs. We would have had fun with this if I'd brought some handcuffs. 
<laughs> no, when those thoughts come and, and, uh, and, and they don't line up with the Word of God, we have to take them captive right then. Don't let them hang out. Don't let them stay there. Praise Him if you'll come, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me tell you, if you feel like, if you feel like the devil has messed up your life, you're not alone. Because the devil has messed up lots of lives. You know, when we first started coming to Northville Church years ago, <laughs> who was it? was it? I think maybe it was Dave Orr said, uh, is like a bunch of motorcycle gangs from Centralia. <laughs> you know, whether it was or not, they, they looked like they was, you know. They all had, everybody had leathers on and tattoos and, well, they looked a lot like Chester. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so the truth is the devil has messed up many lives and countless families. And you know what? You can't do nothing about the past. But no, you can change your tomorrow. You know what? And maybe even more than that, you can change your children's tomorrow and your grandchildren's tomorrow. Man, I got a grandson. Oh, my goodness. Four years old. You talking about fun. Oh, man. You know what? If I hadn't turned my life for the Lord, I could have cared less about my grandson. I would have been too busy doing my own thing. I wouldn't have had time for birthday parties and Christmases and stuff like that. But we have the answer, and that answer is Jesus Christ. Stand with me, please. Now remember, there's no condemnation in Christ. I ask you to come. So you know, you know, God, you know, God, He knocks on her heart. He knocks on her heart. But, but here's, the, here's the difference between God and the devil, although there's lots of differences, but this is one of them. What God does, you know, he, he knocks at our heart and then he stands there and waits for us. He waits for us to open up our heart so that he can minister to us. The devil, he don't knock, he just busts in. He'll go as far as you'll let him go. He'll take what he can do. He'll try to do anything he can for you. But see, God's not like that. And you don't have to come up here for God to minister to you. But there's one thing you do have to do for God to minister to you. You have to open your heart. And see, I can't do that for you. The praise team can help you. I can help you. But only you can do that. So just, if you want to come up here, fine. If you want to speak to him quietly there. But I encourage you to open your heart. Just ask him to forgive you. And if you do that with a sincere heart, you have a clean slate. And then after you do that, Ask Him to empower you. Ask Him to strengthen you. 
Ask him how to, to show you how to become an overcomer. Amen. Amen. Please, please come if you have a need. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.